Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Praise Jesus. How many love Jesus tonight? Am I in the right place? Amen. I don't know if we have any guests. I have not looked around, so if we do, let's give them a big welcome. Anybody might be watching online? Amen. Get your Bibles open. How many got your Bibles tonight? Amen. What a blessing to be around other believers. Amen. It's good to see some faces we haven't seen for a while. I know there's been a lot of sickness going on, but we're just going to keep on fighting, amen, and um, continue on this fast. We're 17 days in, over halfway there. Not going to ask who's participating, but I know that and trust that we all are in some way or another, and I'm so excited to see what's going to come out of this. Amen. It's just one of those spiritual truths that we don't know what's happening right now in the spiritual realm, but something is happening because you cannot obey God and not see blessings. You cannot do what God asks us to do and not see breakthrough. Amen. He is a God that keeps his promises. So this is, I don't know about y'all, this will be the first time I have ever done a 31-day fast in my years. I've done, we've done lots of 21s, but I'm excited to finish this strong. Amen. And we're right in the middle, a little bit over the other side, going, now we're going down and uh, trying to get some habits formed, amen? And hopefully a lot of the things that you're doing and learning, you can take into February, into March, and then like last month, finish in December strong and not have to start over again in January, amen? So I just want you to know as we get into this uh, night tonight, remind you, I came to remind you how much God loves you. How many know Jesus loves you? And there's no better place we could be tonight than in his presence, in his house, and to be loved by him. Amen? What a blessing to be a child of God tonight. Amen? One of the things that's been so strong in my spirit, and it always has been, but more during this fast than ever before, is souls. I pray, Lord, give me a burning desire for souls. Amen? How many would pray that with me? Lord, give me a burning burden for souls. In other words, if we would just wake up every day and think about somebody we can tell about Jesus, that somebody could know what we know, know who we know, amen? Know the peace that we know. Father, tonight as we get into your word, we ask that we, you would open our hearts. We thank you for this time of worship. We pray that it has blessed you and honored you. But Lord, we pray tonight, as I just said, that we would have a heart for the lost, the heart for the hurting, a heart for the bound, 
a heart for the hopeless tonight, God, and that our heartbeat would be your heartbeat, which is souls, people finding out that there's hope in Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you that every spirit is broken of the devil, every lie of the devil, every spirit of darkness is defeated in the blood of Jesus Come, overcomes everything and hides every sin and, and heals every sickness and changes every heart. We ask you to just move tonight and speak to us and grow us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Tell someone next to you, I'm glad you're here. Now tell them this and mean it. Church is not the same when you're not here. Believe that? You guys didn't tell each other. When I tell you that, I mean it. When I say, hey, we've been missing you. Church is not the same without you. I mean it. Help me know it's not the same when you're not here. You might not know it, but for us, it's the truth. Every single one of us is important. So if you're here for the first time, just getting started in the church or been missing or not in the loop, we're we're right in the middle of a series that I believe is vitally important, and it's going to get us ready for the rest of this year. It's doing um, surgery on us. It's checking us. It's challenging us. It's convicting us. And the title is, if we'll put it up, Are We Tonight a Stepping Stone or a Stumbling Block? You are one or the other, and we don't want to be the latter. Amen? We want to be the first. We want to be a stepping stone. We might be thinking, how come we haven't talked about the stepping stone at all? When you stop being a stumbling block, you automatically become a stepping stone. And so we're going to get the stuff out the way that is causing us to not be the stepping stone because when we're standing on the rock that is Christ Jesus, we're right where we need to be. And what we're trying to do through this series is get out of our lives anything that is causing us to cause someone else not to be able to make it for Jesus. So last week, I always get a little bit of a prior message. One of the things I opened up with, and I won't go into the verses, is a big-time key to our walk. And if anybody remembers it or has it in your notes, it's to know, to know how you can know you're walking right, how you can know that you're standing for God and doing the right things and growing and becoming a disciple is how you handle correction. The attitude with which you handle correction, not by your pastor, but by God's word. When, when a word comes that convicts, when a word comes that pierces your heart, the way you respond is a big sign, big time sign and key to whether or not you're growing. Because as you grow in the Lord and get stronger to Jesus and stronger in a relationship with the Lord, you begin to not only uh, be okay with correction, but you begin to embrace correction. You actually begin to look for correction. You get to a place where you want to be blameless before God and you don't want to do anything that hurts Him, anything that's wrong. And you're constantly searching your heart and saying, Lord, is there anything in my life that should not be there? Amen? So along that line, the, the simple question, the simple uh, idea of this uh, series, if anybody hasn't been here, is this. When people are around me, when I say me, I'm talking to you for you. When people are around us, not here in church necessarily, that's good too, but at school, at work, in the supermarket, in the family gatherings, wherever we are in our lives, when people are around me, when people watch my life, when people listen to my words, when people see how I act, and how I react, how I talk, all those different things. When they're around me, are they seeing a life that is causing them to have a desire to be more like Jesus? That's a stepping stone. 
That's helping somebody in their progress. Or, or a means of progress or advancement, or to assist. The other one is, does my life make somebody question whether or not God even exists? Is my talk, is my character, is my reaction, is my action, is the way I live, the way I carry myself causing someone to question? How many know that should never be? But it happens. And that's called a stumbling block. That's an obstacle to progress. That's blocking somebody's way from getting to where they need to go. They're not going to be able to blame you for being the stumbling block. They're going to have to answer to God for themselves. But you are going to be blamed for causing them to stumble. Did y'all catch that? They're not going to be able to get to heaven and say, I'm not, I'm, not going to go into, I'm not going into eternity on God's side, on the right side, to heaven, to eternity with God, because so-and-so was a stumbling block to me. That's not going to fly. But you, if you are the stumbling block, as we read last week in Matthew 18, Jesus says, woe to whom these offenses come. So you will be the person that could be held accountable for keeping somebody from getting there. So we have to take this very seriously. One verse that I've been using a lot, and this will be the last thing from last week, is Matthew 16, 23. And just to say it again, if you weren't here the last couple weeks, this is an amazing, amazing truth. Peter, who is an amazing man of God, he's, a, he's an apostle, he's a great example, but he made a lot of mistakes and a lot of things we can learn from. And in the same chapter of Matthew 16, we're going to see the latter part, and I'm going to read it and go back. It says, he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. How many don't ever want God to say that to you? I don't want, I don't want the, God to look at me and say, get behind me, Satan. That's not what I'm looking for. I don't know about you, but that's not what I want to hear God say about me. Get behind me, Satan. You're an offense to me. You're, uh, the other word for offense is you're a stumbling block to me. Another thing I read last night in the NLT is, is you are a um, snare a trap, an enticement. He says, because you're not mindful of the things of God, but you're, but you're mindful of the things of men. He's basically saying there in this moment, Peter, you're, you're in the flesh. You're in the flesh right now. How many know the Bible says when we're in the flesh, we cannot be in the Spirit at the same time? If you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. If you walk in the flesh, you will not fulfill the Spirit. You can't be both at the same time. And so he says, Peter, you're, you're in the flesh. You're not being mindful of the things of God. But the interesting thing is, and the core of this whole series is just a few verses before, Peter is saying, Jesus, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And God is Jesus is saying to Peter, Peter, upon you, upon what you just said, I'm going to build my church. You're a rock. And all this, high, basically a spiritual high five. Peter, you're, you're, that's right. Amen. Good job. That's what he wants to hear. Good job. But just a few verses later, Peter, get behind me, Satan. And so that's, that's what our goal tonight should be, that we don't ever want to hear Jesus say that. Let me tell you what our goal should be, what we want to hear Jesus say. Matthew 25, 23. Lord said to him, this is Jesus in the parable, well done, good and faithful servant. This should be our goal. This should be our aim. This is why we should have a burning burden for souls. Because we want to hear these words from Jesus. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. And then we want to hear this word. Enter into the joy of your Lord. 
Amen? Isn't that what everybody wants to hear? Do I have any smart people in here? I don't want to hear, get behind me, Satan. I don't want to hear you're a snare to me, you're a trap to me, you're an enticement to me, you're a stumbling block to me. I want to hear you're, you're a good and a faithful servant. So that's the job. That's why we're going through this. Because there are things in our lives that can cause us to not be hearing those words. Amen. So a big sum of Scripture tonight is going to be in 1 Peter chapter 2. If you go there, if you've got your Bibles, we're going to look at the NLT tonight in this particular set of verses. The NLT. Then I'm going to look at a few things tonight that we can think about that might be areas of stumbling blocks for ourselves. Where, we, where we're not dealing with areas, some of them are obvious, some of them are not, to help ourselves stay in that path. How many with me tonight are, are with me and want to be stepping stones? Anybody in here want to be a stumbling block? No? No takers? Okay. Not on purpose? Okay. Right? If anybody wants to be a stumbling block, you're in trouble. You need to get saved. Amen. So we want to be stepping stones. So, again, the stepping stone happens when, I'm, when I've gotten all my stumblings out the way. When I become the person that God intended me to be, because God intended us to be that good and faithful servant. Satan wants us to go to hell with him. Satan wants us to, listen to this, dishonor God. Satan wants us to do things that don't please God. Satan wants to, to entice us. He wants to draw us. He wants to pull us away. He doesn't want us to honor God. We should want to honor Jesus. If we really, truly understand and believe what Jesus did for us, we will want to live for him and honor him with every part of our lives. Not just some parts, but every part of our lives. So let's pick up in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1. Right off the bat, get rid of all evil behavior. I was thinking, you know, especially during this fast, we'll just spend a moment here on this first verse. When, when we're fasting, there, there's so much that God is doing. If you're doing it. If you're doing it right, if you're taking it serious. There's obviously the, the, the possibility that some aren't, and that's fine. That's between you and God. But if you're taking it serious, you're making some decisions, you're disciplining yourself, you're fighting through uh, hunger, and you're, and you're fighting through your, the flesh, your desires, from whatever you're fasting, and you're doing it the right way, you're realizing, for example, everybody knows that for simplicity with me, I love food. I, I live to eat. Okay, we talked about that in the very beginning, and there's certain things that I really love that obviously I'm fasting, and uh, besides just straight food as well, but those things are, 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 that's an example, food, or habits, social media, cussing, uh, lusting, whatever, I'm going to take the time to get all the different, just whatever it is your thing is that you struggle with or have struggled with, how many know that you didn't get to that place of those struggles overnight? You didn't get that potty mouth. You didn't get that judgmental spirit. You didn't get that gossiping mouth. You didn't get that anger. You didn't get that violence. You didn't get that whatever it is overnight. It took a while. It took a while. If we're talking about, you know, a, a gut or, or that takes a while. Don't take a while. It don't take very long to get it. But it takes a long while to get rid of it. But the habits that you have to get it take a while. And so we got to realize that we are immediately, somebody say immediately, when we confess our sins, we're immediately forgiven. Immediately. So if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. 
cleanses from all unrighteousness. But the habit has to be dealt with in the flesh. Big part of fasting is disciplining your flesh. Telling your flesh, yes, I'm hungry, but I'm not eating. Yes, I want to do this, but I'm not going to do it. I'm, I'm in charge. I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. So in this, when it says get rid of all evil behavior, that's not something that's going to happen overnight. Your will can be, your desire, and I'm not saying it can't. I'm just saying you got to understand that anything worthwhile takes time. You don't just wake up one morning and have a good prayer life. You don't just wake up tomorrow because you want to and read the Bible the way you should. You're not going to wake up tomorrow even though I said let's have a burden for souls and, and go win souls like you should. You all following me? It takes time. It took you a long time to get out of, out of shape spiritually. It's going to take a while to get back in shape spiritually. That's why it's so important to stay consistent. Because when you stop being consistent with something, then you're going to start being consistent in something else. You're always going to be consistent at something, and some people are inconsistent or consistent at being inconsistent. But you don't want to be that. Amen. So get rid of behavior. Be done with deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment. Had my little three-week-old baby over yesterday. She was crying out for nourishment every half hour, right? Crying out. She wasn't just going, what? She was screaming when she wanted to eat. We need to get that way with God. We need to be desperate. Amen? Now that you've had, if there's anybody in here who has had a taste of the Lord's kindness. Has anybody had a taste of the Lord's kindness, how good he is? Okay, so we've got that taste now. He says, now you know what it is. To have the taste of kindness. Verse 4. You are coming to Christ who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. We've talked about that in past verses. Jesus is everything. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. And you are living stones. Did you know that we are living stones tonight? Every single one of us. That's why I said, when you're not here it's not the same because every one of us matter. Don't ever let the devil lie to you and say, if I don't show up, it's not going to matter. If I'm not there, it doesn't matter. You are a living stone. When you, when you say that, you're, 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 you're not doing the right thing by God because God says you're a living stone. God says you're precious. God says you're awesome. God says you're powerful. You're his masterpiece. You're his workmanship. Don't mock God by saying you're not. Amen? How many believe that? You need to believe what God's Word says about you. So we are living stones. We are in, uh, his, we're stones that God is building into. Now, notice the word building. He's constantly building. He has not built. He is building us into his spiritual temple. What's more, again, that goes back to what I just said a few minutes ago. This is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And for a lot of people, for a lot of years, you, you did everything the opposite of a, of a spiritual temple. So it's going to take some time to clean that out. You are his holy priests. You know who he's talking to? All of us. Not just a few of us, but all of us. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ. We've got to get to a place in this series, this year, in every message that we hear, that it's all about Jesus. If Jesus is not in the equation, we're going to lose. We can get to a place 
where we lose sight of that, and that's what I've been talking about a lot in this message, this series, is, is to stop going through the motions. Don't get in a rut. Don't talk about Jesus. Live for Jesus. Don't talk about loving Jesus. Love Jesus. So it's all about Jesus. The only reason we can even be here tonight is because of Jesus. That he took our place. He says that you offer spiritual... This is, this is so powerful right here. So important. This is all this summed up together. That you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. How many want to offer things that please God? You're either pleasing God or you're pleasing the devil. You can't do both at the same time. Jesus said you can't serve two masters. So we got to stay on the side of pleasing God. Every day we're doing inventory. Lord, my thoughts, my actions, my words, my reactions, is it pleasing you? Next verse. As the scriptures say, I am placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem, chosen for great honor. And anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. That's a good word. Yes, you who trust him, this is what I'm talking about, recognize the honor God has given him. But for those who reject him, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. Amen? And he is the stone, watch this, that makes people stumble. The rock that makes them fall. They stumble because, here's the key to this tonight, they stumble because they do not obey God's word. Okay? Underline that in your Bible. If you're taking notes there, put something around it, to make it big capital letters. They stumble because, so if I'm stumbling tonight and I'm not the stepping stone, what's happening? I'm not obeying God's word. How many times have you heard me tell you how far you can get in life with God if you'll just obey? Did anybody say amen to that? Right? You can get so far if you'll just simply obey. So he says, when we don't obey, we stumble. They stumble because they don't obey God's word, and so they meet the fate that was planned for them. But you are not like that. For you are a chosen people. You are royal priests. You are a holy nation. Listen to this. God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. This is what God is asking us to do. The reach, the teach, the sin. We'll never get to the sin or even get to the teach. We can't reach anybody if we don't represent Jesus right. They're not going to want what we have if we don't believe in the product in the first place. If we truly believed Jesus is who he says he is, and he is, uh, we're his special possession, that we're royal priests, that we're a holy nation, then we're going to show others the goodness of God. Because he called us out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Amen? Once you had, this is very similar to Ephesians 2 that I started this series off with. Once you had no identity as a people. You know what that means? Before Christ, you're nobody. 
The most famous person in the world today is a nobody if they don't know Jesus. When somebody gets saved, there's an old song that's very scriptural. There's a new name written down in glory, and it's mine. Oh, yes, it's mine. The white-rolled angels sing the story that a sinner has come home. There's a new name written down in glory. See, we get our names written in the Lamb's Book of Life when we believe in Jesus. Before we believe in Jesus, we have no name. We have no identity. There are no names in hell. Nobody knows anybody down there. But when we get Jesus in our life, we get an identity. He says, now you are God's people. That ought to make anybody in this place tonight excited. You don't have to be excited now. I'm just saying, that ought to make you excited. You used to be a nobody, and now you're somebody, but you're not just somebody. You're God's somebody. You're God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you received God's mercy. Dear friends, I warn you, and this is where our mentality needs to be, because I'm, I'm telling you all the time, your attitude determines your altitude. I got a thing in my office that I say it all the time. Pick, pick, uh, attitude is everything. Pick a good one. Right? Our attitude about sin, our attitude about holiness, our attitude about all these things is everything. So we've got to understand we're just passing through here. This is temporary. Your pain is temporary. Your suffering is temporary. Your trials are temporary. All these things are temporary. But eternity is forever. He says you got to start thinking as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from what? Worldly desires that wage war against, leave this up for just a second, that wage war against your very souls. Church, the devil doesn't take tomorrow off. There's no ice days for the devil. There's no snow days. There's no Martin Luther King days. There's no President's Day. There's no Christmas Day. There's no holidays. Satan is waiting at the door tomorrow morning. He's busy. All he wants to do is take people to hell with him. Amen? But at the same time, God is on the throne, and Jesus is interceding for us, and he has a plan and a purpose for us, and we've got to understand there is a, 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 a desire that is waging for my soul that wants me to hear the words from Jesus, get behind me, Satan. But Jesus wants to say the words, enter in, good and faithful servants. Jesus does not want to say, get behind me, Satan. So we've, but, but, but we're the ones that put ourselves in the position to hear the words. So he says, have a temporary resident mentality. I'm only here for a short time. That's why we need to ask for a burning burden for souls. Last verse. So be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then even, watch this, then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior. Now, stay with me on this. We can all be tough. We can all act tough. We can all react tough. We can fight. We can swing. We can yell. We can act bad and all that. But is that behavior going to get people saved? Do what you need to do to get people saved. Okay? You can react in the flesh. You can be right. You can be right all day long. 
But I'm not, I'm not talking about right and wrong. Right, I'm talking about in the situation where you think I'm right. I'm this. I'm gonna. Well, your behavior is something that's gonna make them see the honor of God in your life. Listen, many times I've said this about 25 times this series. Your reaction is more important than your first action. How do you react? And that's a big part of what I started off with. How do you react when the Holy Spirit convicts you? How do you react during this series where where the Holy Spirit's telling you, change this? How do you react if the Holy Spirit tells you you're a gossiper or you're a liar or you're a tempter or you're a stumbling block? Do we, do we get mad or do we react the right way and say, Lord, I don't want to be that. Thank you, Lord, for bringing that to my attention. I didn't even realize that I had become that. Right? What, let's just go carnal for a second and worldly. Does, what's the biggest problem in, in AA and NA meetings? Getting them to admit that they're alcoholics. Getting them to admit that they're a drug addict. What is the biggest problem for a Christian? To admit that they've messed up. To admit that they've made a mistake. To admit that they've gotten to a place they don't want to be and shake out of it and say, I'm not going to be like that anymore. Because pride keeps us in that place of danger. If we don't have this kind of teaching, we don't have this kind of message, that we don't have the Holy Spirit working on us, and we're not doing some things I'm going to talk about here in a moment, then, then sin is going to set in. The Bible says it's waiting at the door. What did Jesus tell Peter, that same Peter? Satan wants to sift you like wheat. Right? Do you think he wants to sift Peter alone? No, he wants to sift us too. You think, he, you think he hates Peter more than he hates you? No. He hates us all equally, just like God loves us all equally. So we've got to understand there's got to be a seriousness in our spirits. Let me see, make sure I finish that, uh, that last verse. Let's go back to that for one second. So live properly among your unbelieving believers that even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they'll see your honorable behavior, and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. You know what that means to me? They're not going to be able to point at you and me and say it's their fault. They won't be able to. Y'all following me? Let it be on them. But don't let me be the reason. Don't let me be the reason. He never, he never told me about Jesus. She never told me about Jesus. I worked with her for years. I worked with him for years. We were neighbors for years. They ne- you never said anything about Jesus to me. Don't let that be us. That's why we just got to do what we're supposed to do and let God be God. Don't worry about the results. Do what you're supposed to do. Amen? How many want a burning burden for souls? So write this down. We stumble when we disobey God's commands. We stumble when we disobey God's commands. We flourish when we obey God's commands. How many read the Old Testament? Hopefully you're reading through Genesis right now again. Hopefully you're going through the Old Testament again. You're going to see over and over and over and over and over and over again. People obey. People disobey. People obey. People disobey. People that disobey have lots of troubles. People who obey flourish. I'm reading right now about Joseph. Finished it today. Flourished. 
favor of God everywhere he went. I want to be like Joseph. Amen? So as Christians, we've got to be vigilant. Write that down, vigilant. To remove stumbling blocks. All the time. We've got to constantly, as we're walking, and remember, this is a walk. This is not a sprint. This is not a marathon. It's a walk. As long as you're moving, you're doing good. And as we walk, we've got to look. And when we see the stumbling block, we've got to get it out the way. Constantly be looking ahead. We don't need to look behind because we're not going backwards. There may be some stumbling blocks behind us, but we're looking ahead. We're pressing on, Paul said. And as I press on and as I look forward, I look for stumbling blocks. And when I see the stumbling blocks, I remove them. Here's a few I'm going to get into tonight. Might not get into them all. Some of them may sound obvious. Some of them we may have talked about. But I'm trying to help you recognize some of the stumbling blocks that can keep you from being what God wants you to be. Number one, unrepentant sin. Unrepented sin. Sin in your life that you know is, so there's a difference between making a mistake of human error and living in, in habitual sin. Once you know what is right, the Bible says that sin is knowing what is right and not doing it. So as soon as you know what's right, now you're accountable for that, and you got to make sure you don't do it. So now there may be some things in your life, unrepented sin means it's something in your life that you know is wrong, but you're not dealing with it. could be called secret sin, could be whatever you want to call it, but this is one of the biggest problems of stumbling blocks because you could get so deep into this unrepented sin and you could think that nobody knows you're doing it. The problem is... Everybody knows you're doing it because of the way you're acting. Because when you're hiding sin and not repenting of your sin, you have a bad attitude. Right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You are always in a bad attitude. You're always uh, a stench. You're all, there's something wrong. Something's off. You look at something, something's off. Unrepented sin. Isaiah 59, 2 says this. But your iniquities... And then write this down for, for homework. I'll probably talk about this next week. Ezekiel 14. It talks about the stumbling block of iniquity in Ezekiel 14. But your iniquities, that sins against God, have separated you from God. How many don't want to be separated from God? And your sins have hidden His face from you. So he's not talking here about the mistake you make as a human being, this, the things that we do uh, sometimes even on a daily basis where they're in our sin nature. This is sin that you know is wrong and you keep doing it. You're not dealing with it. What does that do? Hides God's face from us. I don't want God's face hidden from me. You don't want God's face hidden from you. And, he, and then it says, so that he will not hear. How come the Lord's not answering my prayer? Because you're not repenting of the sin that you're living in. It says right here, he won't hear you. How many times have we said that? And maybe the reason is, not always, maybe the reason is there's unrepented sin in our lives. It dims our spiritual vision. It twists our discernment. It prevents us from drawing near to God because you won't be able to in your pride because you'll think, I, I, know, I'm doing, I know I'm wrong on this, but sometimes we love that sin so much we won't get rid of it. We, we, this is what you got to really ask yourself. This is where you start to get mature in the Lord. Do I really love this sin more than I love God? Does this pleasure 
of whatever it is, really, is it really worth me not having a relationship with God? How many of we ask, ask ourselves that? That's a real question. And the truth is, church, as sad as it is, some people are going to go to hell over a sin that they made more important than God. Period. And they, they're not just maybe just going to come out and admit it, but that's what it is. It's an unrepented sin that dims our spiritual vision, twists our discernment, and prevents us from drawing near to God. One more verse on that is, let us search out, Lamentations 3.40, let us search out and examine our ways and turn back to the Lord. That's, so, so here's the key. Don't get to that place. Don't ever get to the place where you're so lost in your sin. Wake up every day, go to sleep every night, and say, Lord, search me. Search me. Don't wait till the sin gets big. Lord, is there anything, anything, anything in my life that's causing me to not be in good standing with you? Anything that could, could, could lead to a, a greater sin? And especially, let me just throw this out for, for Captain Obvious, especially the things that you have struggled with your whole life. Like if you, if you were an alcoholic, why are you even getting close to those temptations? If you have problems with lust, why are you looking at things? It, whatever it is, I'm just trying to say, especially those things that you have struggled with your whole life, that has been your problem. Why would you entertain those things? You're going to have struggles everywhere around, around you, but why would you open up that door? Don't open any door, but definitely don't go back to that door. Right? Because that's you know you're going to fall in that. So don't set yourself up to fail. You gotta search yourself and ask, Lord, is there anything that's causing me? Number two, you might say, man, again? Yes, it's a very big problem. Unforgiveness is a stumbling block. If your kids see you parents not forgiving, that's a stumbling block to your kids. They hear you. I can't, I just can't do it. I just can't forgive them. They, 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 you don't know what they did to me. It's a stumbling block. I, I, there's no way around Matthew 6, 14. We can try to read it backwards or forwards, but it still says the same thing. If you don't forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive. Will, let me say it back. For if you forgive, your heavenly Father will forgive you also. Right? But... If you don't forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive yours. Somebody say period. No matter how hard it is, no matter how horrible it was, no matter how difficult it is, it's a stumbling block. Unforgiveness is a stumbling block. You've got to get over it. This is your year to get over it. In Jesus' name. If it's been a stumbling block for year after year after year after year, it's time to get over it. This is the year to, to let that thing go and get over it and get free. Let me just lighten the load for just a second. My, my grandchildren are watching Frozen so much. Every time I say let it go, <sighs> I cannot say let it go without hearing my grand letting go. So I just had to lighten the load there for a second. We've got to change the movie or something. Every time I say let it go, my mind goes there. At least that's a good thing, right? It's a kids movie. Stumbling blocks. How many know there's some things maybe are coming into this year like that and you just have not gotten, the, you've got to get the victory on it. 
You've got to. Number three. Let me, before I put number three, let me go back to two for a second. What, I, what, what I'm really focusing on here, I think, tonight, we're talking about a lot about being a stepping stone or a stumbling block to somebody else. How about being a stumbling block to yourself? Your own self, your own advancement, your own peace, your own joy, your own growth. You can be a stumbling block to yourself by not unforgiving, by not, by not forgiving, by not repenting of that sin. Number three, prayerlessness. Not praying. That sounds crazy. We're, we're in a fast. I hope this isn't the case. But could you imagine us being in a time of praying and fasting of 31 days, and even during this time, you're not praying? It's like, no, I'm not going to do it. Prayerlessness. You, you haven't fought that flesh to get to a place where you're spending time with God. Quality time. And quality is not the same as Quantity. Right? Quality is what I'm talking about. Because you could pray for an hour and not be really praying. It's quality. It's, it's understanding what you're doing. You're, you're drawing close to the Lord. You're, reading, you're praying His scriptures. You're, you're understanding that prayer's keeping you out of temptation. Look at look Matthew 20. Do we have this? I'm not sure how many verses that. Do you have another verse? Okay, Matthew 26, 41. Jesus tells his disciples, pray and watch. Watch and pray. Pray and watch. Watch and pray. Pray and watch. Watch and pray. When we're praying, we're watching. When we're watching, we're praying. It's automatic attitude. Lest you enter into temptation. The Lord's Prayer. In the Lord's Prayer, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Okay? So watch and pray. When you're not praying, you're a stumbling block to yourself. You've got to speak to yourself in the mirror and say, Spirit or, or self, I'm going to start praying. I'm going to get a prayer life this year. I'm going to make a time. I'm going to set an alarm. I'm not going to snooze it. I'm going to get up. I'm going to pray. I'm going to spend time with God. I'm going to learn how to pray so I can stay out of temptation. If you don't pray, you're going to be tempted. Even Jesus himself, after 40 days of praying and 40 days of fasting, was tempted. Why? Because the Spirit is willing. The Spirit, right? And every time we talk about prayer on a Wednesday night like this, man, we're writing down tomorrow morning. I'm getting up at 4. I'm praying till 6. I'm, we're, we're, making this, we're just making this decision. And then 4 comes and 5 comes and 6 comes and you don't even get up. You wanted to, the spirit was willing, but the flesh was weak. Who's winning? Spirit of the flesh. That's the battle. That's what this all comes down to. When we walk in the spirit, we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. When we're praying, it's hard to be in the spirit and praying and fulfill the lust of the flesh. So prayerlessness, prayerlessness is huge. Number four, maybe in with this tonight. I don't know how long I've been preaching. Number four, some of these, again, oh, you say the same thing every week. That's because the same thing is important. It hasn't changed. You got to read your Bible. You're not going to get some new revelation today. The, tr the truth is the same. You got to read your Bible. It, it, when you're a stumbling block to yourself, you haven't understood. I've got to read the Bible. And again, 
quality, not quantity. It's great to say, you know what, I'm going to read four or five chapters. But if you read those four or five chapters and you don't remember anything, all you did was read. Read to understand. But there is a, I mean, even if you don't get anything, it's still better than watching TV for that time. Right? But read to understand. Quality over quantity. I'm gonna, and it, you, you know, you need that devotional. You need that, that uh, one-year Bible. You need something. How many know we need structure? We need something to tell us. Okay, I've read this much. I've got to this place, this date, that date. Those things are helpful. They didn't have any of that stuff back in the day. We're blessed to have all those things on our apps, on our phones. Psalms 1. I'll end with this tonight. The musicians want to begin to come. Psalms 1. Blessed. How many want to be blessed? Blessed is the man or woman who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight... The question tonight is not do you, do you read the Bible. The question is do you love the Bible? His delight is in the law of the Lord. Listen to me closely. You can't love Jesus and not love his word. Can't, you can't love Jesus and say, I just, man, I love Jesus all, with all my heart, but I just can't read the Bible. I just can't get into it. You don't love Jesus because you don't know Jesus. Because you can't know Jesus without knowing his word. It says, I delight in the law of the Lord. You get to a place where you've got to read. You've got to have that word. You can't make it through the day because that's your guide. And you meditate on it day and night. Amen? In other words, all my decisions, all my thoughts, everything I, every decision I make, everywhere I go, everything I do, is based on what I read in the Bible. How many of that would change our lives? Amen. If we get to a place where the way we're living our lives is based on the, what we read in the Bible. Not what we saw on TV or what we heard from somebody else or some prophet on the, on the, on the, on the news, whatever, but what the Bible says. Last verse. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth in, in, in its fruit in season, whose leaf won't wither, and watch this, whatever. Somebody say whatever. He does, of course, whatever lined up with the Word of God, he does shall prosper. Lord, tonight in the power of the Holy Spirit, you're speaking to us. Oh, God, help us to not be stumbling blocks to ourselves. God, get a hold of us tonight. By the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, help us fall in love with your word. Help us know how to pray. Help us to forgive. Lord, we can say, God, I need your help tonight. Forgiven is hard. Help me in, in your strength. Help me forgive. Lord, help us to deal with that sin that's got a hold of us. That we're basically saying is more important than our relationship with God. Don't let any sin be so strong, so powerful, Lord, that it takes us away from being in front of your face, God, and hearing your words, enter in, good and faithful servant. Lord, all across this place today, there's so many 
different dynamics, different people, different lives, different situations. But your word is the same. And it ministers to every one of us. Tonight, Lord, I speak for myself only. I want to be a stepping stone. I want people to look at my life, my words, my actions, my reactions, the way I carry myself, the way I talk, the way I think, in a way that would cause people to want Jesus in their lives. I am the only Bible many people are ever going to read. Tonight, Holy Spirit, help me to be a Bible that's open and real, powerful and anointed, so when people look at my life, they want Jesus. And Lord, if there's anything, anything at all in my life that is a stumbling block, an attitude, a way I talk, a way I used to be, something I haven't gotten rid of, anything, Father, reveal it to me. Show it to me tonight, God. Make it evident and real so I can deal with it and I can get rid of it and I can overcome it. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed all across this place, how many in this place could say, I don't even know Jesus as my personal Savior? There may be some people here tonight for the first time. Someone invited you. You're trying out church. You've never been to church. You were raised in church. I don't know what your life is. I don't know what your situation is. But I do know this. Jesus loves you so much that he gave his son or his life on the cross for you. He came down from heaven and died for you. And he says, if you'll believe in me and what I did on the cross, you'll live forever. And I'll forgive you of all your sins. I'll change your life. I'll make you a new person, a new creation. How many all over this place tonight could say, you're talking to me. I have never put Jesus as the Lord of my life. I've never accepted what Jesus did on the cross. Just put your hand up and put it right back down all over this place. Just put it up real high so I can see it and put it right back down. You're talking to me. I'm going to wait just a moment. How many? I don't want you to leave this place without knowing Jesus. Not, I'm not introducing you to our church, to membership. I'm introducing you to a relationship with a God that is real. The only God who's ever been to the other side of eternity and come back. He says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. No one comes unto the Father except through me. He has every right to say that because he di died on the cross for your sins. One more time, how many pray for me, Pastor? All across this place. Maybe you're here and at some point in your life, maybe you were young, maybe you were a teenager, maybe it was 10 years ago, you said that prayer. You gave Jesus your life, but tonight you're not walking with God. Something has brought you back. Maybe it's a New Year's resolution. Maybe it's a situation in your family. Something's happened where you're saying, I got I to find God. I got I to gotta get this right. I got to change my life. And tonight you want to come back to that first love that you've left. Just put your hand up and say, that's me tonight. I see your hand. How many more? All over this place. There may be some watching online, listening on the podcast. We're going to pray with you in just a moment. Let's stand all over this place today. I know God's dealing with some hearts all the time. Amen. This is a blessing to be here on a Wednesday night. It's a blessing to be in the presence of God where we can let God speak to us. Amen. How many know God's a holy God? He'll never change. We can try... That's what's happened a lot today in the world. Churches have tried to change God, but he hasn't changed. 
He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Modern things come and different things, the way people think, change, but God doesn't change. His plan of salvation is the same. His redemption is the same. His forgiveness is the same. And the way he looks at sin is the same. He, he can't look at sin. So if there's sin in our lives, that's what keeps us from being with God because he can't look at us. But when we, we put our lives in Jesus' hands, the blood covers us. And then God sees the blood. Because he can't look at our sin because he's holy. And that's what I want us as a church to understand. We've got to remember daily, he's holy. He's righteous. He's perfect. Amen. And our job is to be as close to that as possible. To lean on his mercy and his grace and say, Lord, help me get these things out of my life that are a stumbling block to somebody else. Amen. How many want to get to heaven and see people there that came to heaven because of you? That should be our goal. That should be our desire. I want to populate heaven tonight. I want my life to be an example. I want to live in such a way that people will never be able to blame me for the reason they're not in heaven. Amen? Let's open up these altars tonight. Let's take some time in the altar, spend with God and talk to Him and pray whatever the Lord has spoke to you. He's spoken all kinds of different things. What, what are some of these things? Maybe, maybe all the things I talked about is an area with you. Maybe it's just one. Maybe none of those areas are a problem, but you, you just want to say, Lord, tonight here I am again on a Wednesday night to dedicate my life to you, to, to get right with you, to get strong with you. Maybe tonight you're as strong as you've ever been. You say, Lord, let me stay this way. Help me stay this course. Help me keep doing what I'm doing. I believe many of you are on the right track tonight. I believe many of you are making great decisions. You're heading the right direction. Say, Lord, help me keep going that path and get stronger and stronger and stronger in Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.